Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Go In Peace, a daily podcast from the Houghton College Chapel Office, where each day we take a look at one of our college lectionary texts, and we ponder provocative thoughts so that we can truly go in peace to love and serve the Lord. My name is Michael Jordan. I'm Dean of the Chapel here at Houghton. It's my privilege to speak with you this week. Uh, our theme is A Quiet Place. So all of our texts have to do with silence and quietness. And uh, again, a really good theme for Lent, and I hope that Lent is uh, treating you well and that you're entering into um, that kind of inward journey that should characterize Lent. As always, I have three texts for you today. Psalm 131, Ecclesiastes 4, 1 to 8, and 2 Thessalonians 3, 6 to 13. And I'll read to you the text from 2 Thessalonians and share thoughts from that today. Now, we command you, beloved, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from believers who are living in idleness, and not according to the tradition that they received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you, and we did not eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor we worked night and day, so that we might not burden any of you. This was not because we do not have that right, but in order to give you an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this command, anyone unwilling to work should not eat. For we hear that some of you are living in idleness, mere busybodies, not doing any work. Now, such persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Brothers and sisters, do not be weary in doing what is right. Oh, what a wonderful passage this is. And uh, it's interesting because in the beginning, it just sounds like the exact opposite of a quiet place, right? It's all about working, right? Uh, you know, keep away from believers who are living in idleness. Uh, do your work, you know. Uh, don't, you know, if the one who will not work will not eat. Um, you know, some of you are living in idleness and you're becoming busybodies instead of uh, working and, and making a living. So, in a way, that sounds very different than sometimes what we think about with a quiet place, right? But there's that command at the end. These persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus do their work quietly and earn their own living. Do their work quietly. What, what do you suppose that means, right? There's so much bound up, I think, in that idea of doing our work quietly, especially in a very stressful season. And I think for me, the one thing I want to pull out, obviously, with a passage like this, there's a number of directions you could go. But the thing I want to pull out for you today is just to realize uh, what's most helpful for me here is that Paul is not talking about self-actualization. Right? Paul is not talking about the kind of work as we think about work sometimes as a way of defining who we are. Right? That's true. Like You, you know that feeling sometimes about uh, being so connected with our work. You might know that if you are working in a certain way, or if during COVID, if you lost a job and you've been struggling with who am I when I'm not working? Who am I when I don't have the work that I want to do? Like we in our culture expect work to kind of do so much in terms of like defining who we are and sort of advertising or branding who we are. But what Paul is saying instead is do your work quietly 
earn your own living. Do the work that you need to do in order to eat, in order to live. And for Paul, as with almost everybody in the ancient world, right, the question of his ministry and the question of who he was as a person was really separate from the work he had to gain employment, right? Like, who Paul was, like we, we call Paul the Apostle Paul, right? <laughs> or the first missionary of the church, right? We don't generally call him tent maker Paul, even though he did tent making in order to make a living. And so in the same way, we are not identified by the jobs that we're doing. For Paul, the question of his ministry was really separate from his work. So I say that for a couple of reasons. One, if you're a lay person listening, this should give you heart, right? Because who you are um, as a lay person, right, as a person who's not doing full-time Christian service, as we called it when I was a kid, um, that should give you heart. Like, you, you are no less than <laughs> because you do a different kind of work. Or even if you can't do work at all right now, like that, that should give you heart, right? For those of us who are clergy, right, and for, for whom our work is connected with our ministry, this should be really challenging us to not protect our positions. Like so much bad comes of when a clergy person gets their identity mixed up with their work. And again, I mean, I know, like I've used those, that language for a long time. I'm called to ministry, etc., right? But I'm not called to a particular professional service in a moment, right? Because if that's what I believe, then if that call appears under threat in any way, I will protect it and I will fight you in order to keep it because my identity is bound up in it, right? And we see this with all kinds of uh, clergy abuse, misconduct, those kinds of things. And the desperate need often that people who have been found to be abusive, when we have a, an abusive clergy person, how quickly in the evangelical world that person feels the need to be restored to ministry, as if they were not a valuable person if they were not doing public ministry. And Paul would find that ridiculous. <laughs> he would say, of course you're forgiven in Christ, but that doesn't mean that you're supposed to be leading right now. Like, you need to go ahead and do menial work on behalf of the kingdom. And we'll decide later if you're ready to come back to serve or not, right? Because who you are is not bound up in this reality. Like, of course, people who err can be forgiven. But that has nothing to do with their professional positions. And so often clergy, I find, because we tie our identity to our work so tightly, um, it feels like a part of a clergy person is lost if they're not in ministry. It's not true, right? Like when I was between pastorates for a few years, right, being at home, I still was the person God had called me to be in a context where I wasn't a, a pastor. I was still doing that, doing pastoral work as I went about the joys of being a fatherhood, or being a father and of uh, being a lay person in a local church, being an adjunct professor. All those things had ways for me to be a pastor built into it. And that kind of creative creativity helps me navigate those seasons when jobs are not what we want them to be. So that do your work quietly piece, I just think is so important. Don't, don't get so attached to um, my work is who I am, but just work, do what you need to do to work to make a life. <laughs> and then, you know, it's a bonus if you get to do, if you get to do uh, work that helps make a life for you and also is, is your calling. God, we are thankful that our identity doesn't rest in our work. And we thank you for this 
passage from Second Thessalonians. I think of it so often when I'm talking about uh, a future vocation and calling with college students and just how much they have bound up with getting the right job. And I'm thankful, God, that you, uh, you know, you, you value work just kind of for its own sake, but that work doesn't have to be kind of a means to self-actualization. We pray, God, that you would help imprint that in our in our spirits so that we know that and that we don't hurt anybody else as we chase a certain kind of work and so that we can enjoy the work you've given us to do and the life you've given us outside of our work as well. We ask all this through Christ. Amen. All right, well, I'm looking forward to talk with talking with you again tomorrow. Until then, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.